Network puts you at the track with ARCA and all the major NASCAR series. From Daytona to the final checkered flag, the Hot Pass Racing Network is your inside pass. All right, race fans, let's get rowdy. The next 60 minutes will be two men talking one thing and one thing only, racing. From the third tracks of the Carolinas to the super speedways of Daytona, Talladega. No race is too big or small for this duo. Ladies and gentlemen, these are our hosts, Rowdy Maglite and Kyle Magda. This is the Rowdy Maglite Show. The Monday morning edition of the Rowdy Maglite Show. After eight years of Monday night, we moved it to Monday morning and we like it better. We got the winners on. Also today, I got Kyle Magda. We got Brad Perez calling back in, talk a little bit of Charlotte Roble. Kyle, looks like you may get rain at the uh, race Thursday that you planned on going to. Yeah, Rowdy, uh, Mother Nature is not looking very nice at this point. Uh, Right now it's saying 85% chance for Thursday for the uh, preliminary night for the uh, Short Track Super Series Speed Showcase, 50,000 to win. Um, 40 laps for the uh, Short Track Super Series Modifieds, and uh, I'm not sure if it will get in or not yet. Um, still got to see how the weather plays out here. It could change in a few days, but, you know, we'll uh, we'll see how it goes, and uh, hopefully we get to Port Royal. Uh, big weekend for Anthony Macri over the weekend at Port Royal. Uh, got his first two World of Outlaws Series wins, uh, swept the whole weekend. So uh, taking home $25,000. Uh, he's won 23 times this year, so, um, you know, the whole – PA Posse being really good this year. Uh, the Posse did show up on the first night. Uh, they they took the top four spots, and then uh, Anthony Macri, Brent Marks for one two in Saturday's feature. So I'm um, unfortunate I couldn't make that, but uh, glad Port Royal got both their shows in this weekend. And uh, yeah, next up they got the Speed Showcase, uh, fifty thousand to win, uh, October thirteenth, fourteenth, and fifteenth. Uh, the Friday night, the fourteenth, they will have the four ten sprint cars for a twenty five lap, five thousand dollar to win feature, and uh, the speed showcase fifty thousand to win seventy five laps for the short track super series modifieds on a uh, Saturday. So uh Rowdy, uh we uh I, I know we and I were talking a little bit earlier, uh Tim McCready uh, taking the win at the Talladega short track over the weekend with the Lucas Oil Dirt Late Model series, uh not far from you and uh just kinda got my interest before we went on the air here. And Kyle, for some reason I didn't realize that was going on or I'd have been there. Tim's had a really great year this year. I mean, he's uh, been in the top five, top ten finish several races, Kyle, and and won a few races. He's been good. You know, uh, not sure what his upcoming schedule is. I know he'll run the uh, probably run the Eastern States 200 again at Orange County Fair Speedway. Um, he did last year, so I know that's in two weeks. I'm not sure what his upcoming schedule is right now. Um, not sure what he's going to be up to. I'm not sure what the Lucas Oil Late Model Series is doing. Uh, Super Dirt Car Series, um, Dirt, um, had uh, the 50th annual uh, Super Dirt Week at Oswego Speedway. It's a, They put dirt over the 5 uh asphalt mile. So, uh, you know, after Syracuse, uh, the fairgrounds had their last race in 2015. They moved it to Oswego. So, uh, not it's good to keep it in New York. You know, Oswego's not far from Syracuse within 30 to 45 minutes. So, 
Um, not bad, you know, Matt Shepard getting the win in the Billy Whitaker 200 on Sunday. Um, had a really good weekend. You know, he won the Saturday feature as well. So, uh, yeah, 200 laps at a Oswego Speedway um, now now that Super Dirt Week is over. So, uh, yeah, the dirt dirt scene's been, been, you know, picking up here lately, Rowdy. I know I, I've been saying that a lot, but uh, still got some big races coming up. we got the National Open here on October 22nd with the rain date of October 23rd. For the World of Outlaws Sprint Car Series, $75,000 to win, rescheduled after October 1st, and uh, just a lot of racing going on. You know, we got the Roval this weekend. You know, the, the you know we had to eliminate drivers in both the Xfinity and Cup Series, right. and um, yeah, it was just a really really interesting weekend. A lot going on. Well, also uh, Ark Menards finished their series with the uh, Series Champion Nick Sanchez taking the title, Arca title, main title. And then Sammy Smith went in the race. Boy, what a finish on that, uh, Kyle. I don't think Jesse loved, like, the smoke when uh, Sammy Smith, like, burned out in front of him. It, it got to be a little heated deal there. I think that just got his nerves more. I think that just really just put the icing on the cake. But, um, yeah, it was a, you know, late late in the race, uh, Jesse Love, grand finger going for the win. Uh, Sammy Smith uh, made a little contact there. With uh, Jesse Love and, and Turn One, the last lap got by and uh, actually won the owner's title. So, um, big big win for Kyle Busch Motorsports and uh, Sammy Smith again finishing the year. I think it was was it three straight wins. So, um, yeah, he's had a good year and uh, you know now he's 18. I, I'd expect him he's going to be in the Xfinity car for Joe Gibbs next year, but uh, we we just don't know yet. Uh, nothing's been announced. Well, Kyle, uh, you know. We wait for the start of the season in anticipation. Here we are, the last race. It was uh, Saturday in the Arkham Menard Series. And, uh, hey, congratulations. I, and I told you, Kyle, if you remember that phone call when I walked in the uh, first day down in Daytona, I said it looks like it's going to be a rev racing year with uh, Rajah Caruso and Nick Sanchez. And and it was. Both of these guys are probably going to be in Xfinity or truck racing next year, I would think, Kyle. So we're waiting on our first caller. And uh, Kyle's going to bring him in. So, uh, all right, Rowdy, we got our guest on. All right, Kyle. You want to do the honors? Uh, uh, go ahead, Kyle. All right, everyone. I'd like to welcome NASCAR Xfinity Series driver Brad Perez back to the Rowdy Maglite Show, third time on the show, and he just ran the Roval for Emerling Gase Motorsports. So welcome to the show, Brad. Oh, how's it going, Kyle and, and, uh, and uh, Rowdy? How are you doing, guys? Good, Brad. Brad, uh, look, this is your... Uh, this is your breakout year here. What's what's it like racing against guys like uh, AJ Armendinger? Well, I can't say that I've actually ever raced AJ Armendinger because he's been too far up front for me to be even near him. <laughs> but um, definitely, you know, getting to drive against the guys that I've, I've idolized, like I would say yesterday, or not yesterday, but on Saturday, like uh, Andy Lally and Patrick Gallagher, Scott Heckert, uh, Myatt Snyder, a lot of guys that I've, I've always looked up to and, and leaned on for advice. I mean, it means the world because, 
you know, sometimes you, you don't know how good you are. You don't know like where you're at, but then when you're able to, to hold your own with, with guys like that and comparable equipment, I mean, it, it does, it does make you feel good. <laughs> so, uh, Brad, when you was young, wanted to be a race car driver. And it takes a leap of faith to do what you're doing, doesn't it? Aren't you glad you took that leap now? Yeah. I mean, I can't say that, you know, it was the end-all, be-all. Like, I can't say I'm the most financially stable person, uh, you know. But definitely, you know, this is this is what I've always wanted to do. So the fact that, you know, I, mean, I took the leap and, and it worked, uh, it is a relief. Uh, but, you know, there's a lot more to go. I'm, I'm – I'm the type of person that's never really always satisfied. I, I got to see what's what's next. So, uh, although I'm I'm super appreciative that that I got to this point, I know the the work's not done. Well, you you got a little seat time in Xfinity. What do you, what what do you think about 2023 season? Well, I, I do notice that there are eight Xfinity road course races, and uh, it is definitely a goal of mine to at least participate in all eight of them. That's definitely the goal it's going to cost a lot of money so uh definitely um you know going about and and trying to find sponsors that that want to support and are down for the ride and 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 want to go on this journey with me i got to thank you know green tech energy uh, shenandoah shine victory sim uh, everybody involved uh unified athletic wear they they made us look good this weekend with those awesome crew shirts um just everybody involved, White, Sand, and Clay. I mean, they they hopped on, and and he's just you know I'm I'm down for whatever you want to do. I mean, that's cool to have partners like that that are down to to do you know whatever, and they trust that I can can make get it done for them. So next year um, we're gonna find some more partners and do more racing. Brad, what what kind of mindset do you have to have to do a roval versus a a, a natural road course like Watkins Glen? I think, like, I think more than anything, it's it's mental toughness. Uh, I mean, that track is, you cannot make a mistake on that racetrack. Like, it's such close quarters. I mean, you're around somebody all the time. I think it's it's very reminiscent of my Spec Miata days of, of always racing somebody. You're never really by yourself. Um, and one small mistake in these cars, I mean, and I think, you know, this is one thing I've learned over my few starts that like, man, you make one small mistake in this car and it looks like a big mistake on TV. I tell you what, and the, you know, race in this race, I mean, any small mistake puts you in a wall somewhere. I mean, it's like a street course. I would say like, I, other than it, this is really a street course on steroids. I mean, it has elevation change walls everywhere, cars everywhere. And definitely it was more of, you know, trying to see how hard I could go, but also not trying to make a mistake in the process. Hey, Brad, it's Kyle here. Uh, my first question for you is, can you talk a little bit about uh, Talladega? Um, are you still with Rackley War, and were you a part of that win with Matt DiBenedetto? Uh, so I was actually spotting an LMP3 car at Petit Le Mans that weekend. <laughs> um, I'm still trying to um, work on a, a deal to race in the, the IMSA WeatherTech sports car series, same thing with uh, the Michelin Pilot Challenge, so I was over there that weekend trying to learn more about sports car racing, and I was not with Rackley War that weekend. Um, I was still part-time with them, uh, but that was an awesome win for them. I mean, I'm, I'm so happy for all the guys, you know, uh, Hunter, Corey, uh, Chad Kendrick, you know, 
Willie Allen, Curtis Sutton of Brackley Roofing. I mean, he gave me my first shot in ARCA. I mean, if it wasn't for him sponsoring me, I, I probably wouldn't be here talking with you today. So uh, I'm, I'm always happy for those Brackley guys, and they're good people. They they put great racetracks on the on the track, and finally it shows, you know. Have you ever raced at Road Atlanta? I mean, what are your overall impressions of the place? I love Road Atlanta. Um, I've so I've raced there in Spec Miata. I've also raced there in uh, Champ Car. So I've, I've done a. I've had quite a few laps there. Probably my best uh, SCCA majors finish was at Road Atlanta. I finished fifth one time in the majors there. Um, it's it's awesome. Like it's it's such a great racetrack, and um, the elevation change is insane. I, those guys uh, doing those prototypes and GT cars there. I mean they are flying, and it it takes it takes some guts. To, to be able to go faster on there. So what do you think is the toughest road course out there, maybe that you've seen or maybe you've played on a video game or a simulator? I mean, what what do you think is the toughest road course out there, you think, in your opinion? Uh, so, you know, I can't say that, like, there's many, like, tough. I, I, like, I mean, I guess you could say, like, you know, if you were trying to put one lap together, I would say the Roval would be one of the most difficult simply because of the the risk-reward that it takes to go fast. Like, I think, you know, you blow a corner at Watkins Glen, like you're probably not going to hit something. Um, at the Roval, you start the lap, you outbreak turn one, you are in the wall, my friend. So, uh, you know, the Roval definitely is a hard place when it comes to putting a lap together. Racing, I don't think quite much, um, but I think – Probably one of the hardest ones to be good at and or win, probably Road America because, I mean, you have a lot of hard braking zones uh, in a stock car for sure. It's like you need to have the car, you need to have the motor. So working yourself to get a ride where you have those those luxuries is hard. I mean, like, it's it's insanely difficult. And then to also make the best of it, I mean, that, that place also is a very abrasive track. Tire fall off happens very quickly. So putting a lap together there on top of racing – and racing hard and, and doing well there, I mean, it, it's difficult. So definitely Road America is top of that list for my for me. My last question for you is, um, you know, you're very extensive with the road course racing. I mean, have you ever expressed interest in, in running on an oval? Um, have you ran on an oval before? Um, I mean, have you has that ever crossed your mind at all? Oh, absolutely. That has been the goal. Um, you know, I've, I've always wanted to end up, oval racing i mean that's why i chose nascar honestly um i've always been a fan of the sport and oval racing was a big part of that um i, I did a, a couple legend car races on an oval you know growing up i did um you know i did a couple kart races on an oval um i recently just did the bobby isaac so 150 lap race at hickory um on an oval in a late model stock car that was insanely difficult <laughs> uh but you know if this was so this is just me speaking from like crew member experience and just being a fan of the sport and, and being involved in it. Um, you know, five years ago, I would say, man, you know, yeah, I don't mind doing a Noble. I think we'll, we'll do all right. Um, but now, and the Xfinity series is so competitive. I mean, it's so close. We were actually talking about this, me and uh, Alex Bay and, and Josh Williams, a couple other people at the, at the Roval that he was like, yeah, in qualifying, I was about, you know, like, six tenths off the pole in, in 2019 and I qualified fifth. And he's like, no, six tenths off the pole today. And I was like 15th. 
And, you know, it's just the, the level of competitiveness from first to last or even first through 20th is so much closer than it's been that if you aren't, you know, elite, I think if you're not very good at what you're doing, you're not going to, you're not going to make it. I mean, I, I don't think, you know, it's, it's tough to, you know, sometimes you'll get lucky, whatever, you know, you can be in a situation where you just end up making a race, whatever, and ride around the back and get a good finish. But I mean, to really go and be competitive and make a race, you know, when people got to go home, this is a tough field. I mean, I, I would say the last two or three years has been extremely tough. So I think when, when I work myself into the right opportunity and I'm, I'm ready, um, you know, talent wise on an oval, I feel like I'll give it a shot, but until then I, I'm, you know, going to learn, be a sponge. Well, we've seen some good cars go home this year, Brad. I, I tell you, it, it's uh, the competitiveness. This takes, for instance, Talladega. All three of those races were decided right down to the last lap. And, and then uh, Matt Benedetto and Brad had to sit down at the entrance of uh, Pit Road but so they could decide who actually won that. I mean, it, it, it just amazes me that you can race 200, 200, 300 laps, 500 laps, and be so close at the end, Brad. Yeah, I mean, and and of, of who you were talking about, I mean, Brett Holmes, I mean, he struggled to make races this year in the truck series, and we're just talking about him almost winning a race. So that, that just shows how close everything is. So, Brad, you want to throw out some thanks to the guys that helped you get to where you're at. They kept you, they kept you energized when you wanted to give up, but got kept you going. Well, I mean, I already gave a shout to my sponsors. I mean, they they're definitely the ones that that make this a reality. Like I can I can sit here and, and theorize and, and do all that stuff, but they're the people that really make it happen because they believe in me. Um, I definitely have to give a thanks to Joey Gates, Patrick Emerling for the opportunity to do this because uh, I received a call before Road America about possibly driving that car, and I, that's the first time in my entire career I've ever received a call from a team owner to to drive a car and. Um, that definitely uh, springboarded a lot when all I had was some starts in a backmarker truck. So, and with that also being said, Josh Rayum, you know, awesome guy. Like that, that's that's somebody who I consider family. Um, I guess I have to thank uh, Scott Eggleston, everybody at the Emerlin Gase crew, uh, Rick Bourgeois, my crew chief, um, just everybody who supported me. Cody Ware definitely is like a really big uh, supporter, and, and he's always been in my corner, and, and he definitely calls me whenever he knows I'm feeling down. I feel like he's telepathic on that. Um, a lot of people. There's so many people I have to thank. I'm, I'll miss everyone because it, it takes a village. So uh, thanks, everyone. If you're listening to this, you know who you are. So, Brad, how are you going to close the season out this year? What's your plans for? Uh, some work. Uh, you know, I'm going to be probably going to Vegas, working that race, Jeffrey Earnhardt in the 35, so that should be a good run. Um, I'll be working Martinsville. I'll be working Phoenix. Um, just trying to get some deals done for next year. The earlier, the better. Um, but yeah, just working at the racetrack, working behind the scenes, all that stuff, going to work, making some money at the performance center. <laughs> but, uh, yeah. All right. Brad Perez, Brad, thanks a lot for being part of our show this year. We really appreciate it. Oh, thank you guys for having me. Thanks, Brad. When you, When you, I am. 
Homestead, I don't know, Miami. Yeah. It's everything we all think of when we think Miami, but so much more. NASCAR Playoffs Weekend at Homestead Miami Speedway, October 22nd through the 23rd. Get your tickets now at homesteadmiamispeedway.com. All right, Kyle, back Brad Perez, uh, three times. He's had a, a pretty eventful year. It's been really good, Rowdy, uh, every time we've had him on. Uh, you know, whether it's talk or the Xfinity car, the truck, you know, he's been right on the right on the money with everything. And, you know, it's good to see him get a good opportunity at a team like Emerlin Gase Motorsports, who has had some success this year. Um, you know, they've, they've run pretty good you know, enough to be okay in the points. And, uh, you know, to have so many drivers, like you mentioned, Jeffrey Earnhardt, Joey Gase himself, uh, behind the wheel of the 35 car, um, you know, it's a team effort for that team to, to get where they're at today. You know, a new team uh, to start the year. You know, they were running two cars at some times, and now, uh, you know, they've had as much success as they've had. So, uh, yeah, Brad, uh, I know I know Brad was running, I think, 26th or 27th on the last lap, and he got a couple spots. Um, which is good. Um, you know, he finished 20th at Watkins Glen in his Xfinity debut. Um, you know, ran 20th in the truck race at Coda this year. So, you know, he's had a really good, you know, it's a really good story, Rowdy, uh, to bring him on. And glad we've had him on already a few times. And, uh, you know, just glad uh, everything's been working out for him. Hey, it's, it was a young man with a dream who did not give it up, Kyle. And, Look what he's done this year, and, you know, he's made the Xfinity show where a lot of guys hadn't made the show. That's not a that's not a yeah. give me. Well, I mean, Indianapolis, I mean, you know, he ran for Carl Long Motorsports, and we had him on uh, after that. You know, I had to ask him that. You know, he said he, he – I think he left a little bit on the table. So, um, you know, qualified yeah. really good at Watkins, won 27th and 35 car, finished 20th. Um you know, he could he qualify twenty seventh again and uh, you know, finish twenty third, so not 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 a bad run. You know, that Roval race gets kinda of testy after a while. But um especially in the in the last couple of laps it just gets crazy it gets crazy and chaotic, especially at the Roval. I don't know why, it's just it's how it's been since the Roval's been in existence. So uh yeah. Eight road course races in the NASCAR Xfinity series next year. Uh Sonoma's gonna be one of them, the Chicago Street Course. I mean, you know, there's already a few new venues. You know, they're going back to Road America. So there's a lot going on in the NASCAR Xfinity Series next year. We're just we're not really sure yet who's going to be some of the top performers. So we had A.J. Armadinga, the winner of the Roval at Charlotte this weekend, Kyle. A.J.'s been on fire. Yeah, Rowdy. This is fourth in a row there. Um, he's undefeated. Um, held off Ty Gibbs. Uh, so that's the second one in the round. Um, looking really good, Rowdy. Um, AJ Allmendinger looking pretty good this year. Uh, you know, Ty Gibbs, you know, running good. Noah Gregg's kind of starting the rear, finished third. Uh, yeah, it was a pretty interesting race. You know, no, no surprise AJ Allmendinger won. But, uh, yeah, um, you know, AJ Allmendinger going on the road courses as usual. And uh, let's hear what he had to say uh, after he won the race Saturday. All right. We're going to roll into our post-race press conference. We've now been joined by our race winner, A.J. Allmendinger, who won today's drive for the drive for the Cure 250 presented by Blue Cross Blue Shield of North Carolina. A.J., congratulations 
on the win. This is your fifth win of the 2022 season. Tell us a little bit about those final laps and being able to pass Ty Gibbs there for the win. Yeah, it was uh, Ty was doing a really good job. He was pretty hooked up. Uh, you know, obviously qualifying our car was really good in the first stage, and then um, as the race developed, we were kind of really starting to have some steering issues. Um, not sure what they were. It kind of felt like the power steering was kind of cutting in and out, but um, we kind of started to fade there. We, we got stuck in traffic at that second stage and, and uh, allowed Ty to get around us, and then he was, uh, he was doing a really good job. I didn't think we had anything for him, honestly. We were, I was frustrated. I just couldn't, uh, couldn't do what I, what I needed to do to catch him, and, and he wasn't really making any mistakes. And all those restarts, I just couldn't time it to, uh, to get to the outside of him. I knew if I could hang the outside through uh, turn one, we had a shot to at least take the lead and uh, force him to make a move on me at least. Uh, so that one restart, I was able to clear him, and, and uh, I knew it was going to be a battle. And then when that caution came out, uh, I spun the tires, and, and the nine gave me a good shove. Uh, and I drove into one as deep as I could and, and uh, just, uh, you know, did everything I could to try to not, not get in the fence there and was able to get him clear and just try to put two solid laps in and, um, you know, it's pretty amazing to be able to win four in a row. This was, uh, this was a race that, um, you know, I, I probably – I didn't believe at, at times with, with ten to go or five to go that we are going to be able to get it done. But that's what I love about this race team. They kept pumping me up. Um, I felt like I was letting them down. And, and uh, I just knew if we had enough restarts, we were, if I could just time one right, maybe we had a really sh good shot at it. So uh, felt like we stole it, but I'm not going to give it back. <laughs> I understand that. All right, we're going to go to questions. If you have a question, raise your hand. We're going to start with Mike Kimbrey, and we'll walk our way around the room. Mike Kimbrey, NBC Sports. <clears throat> you know, if you keep doing this, you can probably get a truck uh, cup ride. Yeah, soon, I, yeah, I know. Yeah, it got me. It's going to get me kicked out of this race, though. I can't run this race anymore. Well, that's possible. <laughs> when you're running like that with with Gibbs in front. Um, do you try to notice tendencies that he's doing in certain parts of the track to try to set up what you might do, or do you just kind of wait for what you think is the best opening? Well, I mean, I just uh, – it was one of those things where um, we, just because of, of what we were fighting in the front of the car, I couldn't ever get it turned good enough, and, and so I kind of would struggle getting it turned mid-corner, and then I'd burn the rear tires up off the corner trying to get the car to turn. Um, and he was doing a really good job. You know, I, I saw a couple times when I – if I stayed close enough to him, I could get in his mirrors, and he started getting deep into the break zones. Uh, but really, the restarts, he was so good at him that he would stretch out five to six car lengths, and he'd open that gap up. So he never really had to worry about me into the break zones. So that was the only thing I was noticing was anytime I got close, it forced him a little bit deep in the corners. But um, like that, la the, the previous restart before I got around him, he had such a lead, he was going to just probably drive away. So... Um, yeah, it was. I, I knew it was restart or bust, really. If I, it, my only shot ever to get around him was on the restart, and, and uh, fortunately, I was able to time that one out and, and do that. All right, we'll go to Bob. Bob Pockers, Fox Sports. Uh, is there any extra sense of urgency in these playoffs, knowing this might be your last chance to, re you know, to be your kind of a championship favorite? And win in, in, in NASCAR, and win a championship in NASCAR. So you've already written me off next year, Bob. Well, I was I was gonna. I, I saw you trying to do that delicate. Yeah, that was nice. I was trying I to do it delicate, that. but I I, 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 I would. Good, I feel I, good. You're not just completely crushing my feelings. I'm, I'm not. I would say that 
Kolig is still a little bit away from being I, a championship I, contending. I like it. Put team. it on the team. Yeah, no, I like that. Um, no, no, Bob. <laughs> no, honestly, no. Like, I don't – all this is a bonus to me. I mean, I, honestly, uh, four years ago I sat up here at this race and talked about that I was – you know, I probably was looking at something else in, in life. You know, I was – JTG and I were, were splitting apart, and, and I thought NBC was the next side I was going to, and then that was the next step in my career. So, you know, at that point in my life, I had three NASCAR wins total. So, I mean, we're up to I – don't, I don't even know where we're at now. It's, that's a good thing that we have to count that many. So, um, no urgency. You know, the way these playoffs and the way the championship works – you know, obviously you got to get to Phoenix, and it comes down to four drivers at that race. And if you nail it that day, you could be the champion. But you know, with that said, I would never trade. Trade if you told me it was you win one championship and you don't win all these races and and share all these victory lanes and all that, but you get one championship at the end of it. Um, I wouldn't trade that. I, I love what we've been able to do, and and if we're able, fortunate enough to put the cherry on top and get to Phoenix and win the championship, then great. If not, Man, I love what we're doing right now, Bob, and, and I know the cup step is going to be a giant one, and there's going to be a lot of ups and downs, and, you know, as, as you've already written me off for, uh, for championship there, uh, no, I'm, I'm joking, Bob, uh, but no, I mean, I, no, there's no urgency. I'm, I'm loving every moment that we get to get to spend in victory lane and having fun. Steve Conley, the podium finish. AJ, first, I've got to ask, um, did uh, Tara put any extra pressure on you to win this so the celebration can continue into your anniversary weekend? Well, we, we, uh, we, had, a, we had a nice, calm anniversary. Um, well, yesterday technically was our anniversary, but we, we, we did it on Thursday. Um, I'm old now, so it's like I had to be in bed by 7 last night. Uh, but I don't know. I mean, babe, do I need any more pressure than I put on myself? Yeah. <laughs> no, no, she, that's why she's great. She just, she puts up with me. Yeah, good luck with lessening that pressure going to the Cup Series. Yeah. Um, you've got to be looking at these next three races, moving into the next round, gaining points on Noah. But they were talking there at the end of NBC broadcast that he's the favorite. They're saying he's the favorite to win this. 3.1 average in the next three races. How do you look at that? Is it a must win in these next three to go on to uh, the Final Four and I don't think it's a must win, but it's a must probably got to run top five the whole time. You know, I think that um, we can, you know, there's going to be at least one driver to get into the into Phoenix without winning a race, right? I mean, so we don't have to win it uh, at any of these. Believe me, I'd love to go win Vegas and, and spend the next two. We know how good, especially Noah is at, at Homestead. Really good. I mean, he's really good at all these racetracks. Um but no, I don't. I don't think we have to win, but we have to execute and run inside the top five. I felt like Texas was a really good step in the right direction on the mile and a half, and and Texas was a racetrack that we've struggled at. So we we ran inside the top five there, had some fast cars. Um, but yeah, and we just we got to go execute and, and maximize everything like we've been doing all year. So I feel confident if we can run top five at all three races, we'll make it. But uh, that's going to be a lot of work. So we'll, we'll keep digging. Uh, Trent with FrenchStretch.com. Um, describe the relationship between you and Ty Gibbs that's developed on the racetrack, especially at road courses. When I watch that, it's kind of ha almost has like a like an Xfinity version of Earnhardt versus Gordon. You know, the the grizzled veteran versus the young kid phenom coming up. So, uh, just what has your relationship with him been like, and uh, this career and Cup that you're about to have that resurgence? Um, just 
just overall your feeling with uh, life in general with that and uh, where you want to go? Yeah, I mean, it, it's what what Ty has, has done over the last couple of years. I mean, it's he's got a lot of pressure on him. He, you know, he jumps in those cars, and he's expected to win, and, and he rises to that pressure. He goes out there and wins. He's won a lot of races in, in what, a year and a half, really, because he, he didn't run all the races last year. So, um, you know, it's to be that, that young and, and have all the eyes on you right away and we you know we see the ups and downs and the mistakes that he makes you know the biggest thing is it's okay to make them as long as you learn from them and I feel like he, he does try to learn from them um, you know on the racetrack I feel like you know I have a, a huge amount of respect for him and and it was fun battling him there on the restarts but you know he's going to be here a long time and he's going to be here a lot longer than than I'll be still in the sport so um but yeah, it, it's I enjoy racing them. I enjoy racing all these guys because they make me step my game up and and try to learn new tricks of of how to beat them. And we know that that 54 car is probably the the fastest car. And when he gets in it, he he makes it the fastest car. So he was tough to beat, and he if it played out was probably going to win the race. But you know restart, so I can I still got a couple of tricks up my sleeve and and was able to steal it from him. But um, yeah, he's I, I feel like. You know, as, as he learns, it's it's not it's not like on me to, to tell him. I, I love talking to him, but he, he's got enough people around him that he'll uh, he'll just keep getting better. And that's what's scary. All right. Oh, and the cup thing. I'm pretty pumped up about it. Otherwise, I wouldn't have signed it. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Any final questions? All right, AJ. Congratulations again on that win, and uh, best of luck next week as well. Thank you, guys. Thank you for everything. AJ pumped up. Everybody likes giving Bob a little, a little trouble, but jokingly. <laughs> yeah, Bob was a little snarky on Facebook this morning uh, with his NASCAR on Fox post. Uh, said it was a bad day for Larson, Kyle Larson, and New York Mets fans. So, uh, yeah, Bob, yeah. You, you keep staying yourself, and uh, you know, um, <laughs> I decided to chuckle a little bit at that this morning. But um, yeah, um, you know, AJ Allmendinger. Uh, getting the win is fourth in a row at the Roval, and uh, yeah, Qualog's been really good, Rowdy. I feel like they are—they've made a lot of progress in the Cup Series in just a few years. Uh, you know, two years in the Cup Series, and they've done really well. So, uh, hey, Justin Haley's been running a lot better lately, and you know, he was third in the one race, and now you know, finishing getting a top five at the Roval. So, um, looks like he's been uh, getting a little better. You know, they've been getting better as an organization, and I think. You know, I think the time is right for A.J. Allmendinger to go back to the Cup Series and run full-time for Colleague. You know, it's a very good ride, and, you know, he's won in it. So uh, it's definitely a proven winner for sure. Well, Christopher Bell showed a reason why he should be in a Cup car, winning uh, his second race for the year. Kyle? Yeah, they, you know, a lot of the success has come from, from Christopher Bell this year. Um, you know, I know Denny Hamlin won a few races, but, you know, now Christopher Bell has joined him as a multiple winner in 2022. So, yeah, Christopher Bell looking really good lately, uh, you know, using a, a, a pit strategy call late in the race of the Roval to uh, get four tires and drive up there get the win. So uh, let's hear from the winner uh, from yesterday, Christopher Bell. All right, we're going to continue with our post-race press conference for today's Bank of America Roval 400. We've now been joined by our race-winning driver, Christopher Bell. 
Congratulations on that win, walk-off win. Tell us a little bit about those final laps before we go to questions. Yeah, just, uh, I mean, really uh, mind-blowing. You know, I, I just, the race, the whole race went green flag, and, and, you know, I thought we were just kind of buying our time, waiting or getting to the end of the race, and I was think I was running seventh or eighth, and uh, a couple guys were closing on me, so I'm like, man, I just hope I can get out of here with the top ten and focus on trying to, you know, race for fifth in the points. And then, uh, yeah, the tides changed. All right. We're going to take questions for Christopher. If you have one, raise your hand. We'll get a mic to you, and we'll start in the back with Barry. Uh, congratulations, Christopher. Uh, Barry Richmond, Piedmont Broadcasting Corporation, WAKG. Uh, I talk, I'm actually asked this of your crew chief. Going into the next few races, obviously the goal is to win, but how does that strategy change or does it change uh, now that you're continuing as a contender for the championship? Yeah, I mean, I, I feel extremely good about what we have going on here in the next three races. So, you know, ever since the uh, – the schedule laid out, and, and we were looking at the playoffs. The round of 16 were all really good racetracks for us. The round of eight were all really good racetracks for us. But then the round of 12, with Talladega and, and this racetrack in there, I was super concerned and nervous. And, um, you know, I, I, I still felt like we were going to be able to make it through it because we're really good at Texas, and, and we should be able to get through Texas with a, a good points day. But whenever we left there with a whopping three points, um, I was just really down, down in the dumps and, and sad. And uh, then we went to we went to uh, Talladega, and, and we needed a home run. We needed a lot of points, and, and we didn't score a lot of points. And just, uh, you know, th this whole last two weeks, I, I had been extremely deflated and, uh, and you know, just kind of down in the dumps. And now I can promise you I'm, I'm ex as excited as ever heading into these next three races. All right, we're going to come up front to Matt. Matt Weaver, Racing America. That was kind of the question I was going for about, you know, just being down in the dumps. I thought that was the case. But um, what does that even feel like, that transition from being so down to, to so up? Like, did you guys even think, because it's been well documented, that Toyotas have really struggled on road courses. Did you even allow yourself to think that this could be an option, no matter how good you've become on road courses? Uh, honestly, I did not. And uh, there's a gentleman sitting right over here. He goes by Tony Merritt. And... Uh, He's kind of my uh, my Dewalt guy, and, and, and we've built a heck of a relationship up. And, you know, he, he'd been texting me through the weeks, and, and, you know, he's like, man, we're not out. We're not out. We're just going to win. We're going to win. And, you know, I, I just – I didn't see it coming. Like, you know, the, the road courses all year long, we had not been strong, and uh, normally they're good for me. Like last year with the Gen 6 car, uh, I got my first road course win, competed for several, several more wins, um, but this year it just wasn't happening. And, uh, you know, but – with that being said, you see races all the time where the fastest car doesn't win. And I, and I did keep reminding myself that, that, you know, we're, we're not expecting to be a, a dominant car or a race-winning car, but as long as you're there at the end of the race, as long as you hang out, put yourself in position, you never know what's going to happen. And, uh, you know, it, it worked out where we were the first car on tires, um, and, and I was able to carve through them. It did work itself out, but it sounded like from what you said on TV and, and on the radio that you thought your chances were actually better had the race stayed green instead yes. of going yeah. down to the restart. How come? Yeah, just because restarts are so 
hectic and crazy here at the Roval. And, you know, we see so many pileups getting into turn one that um, I, I knew that I had a big advantage, regardless if it went green or, or there was a yellow and I was restarting on the front row. Uh, I knew that I had the advantage, but I felt like there were a lot more obstacles that were outside of my control that could take me out of it uh, once the yellow flag flew. But fortunately, it was pretty calm, and, and the you know the front row was able to get away, and, and I didn't have to worry about guys behind me putting me three wide. Uh, so it ended up being smooth sailing, but uh, I, I did not expect that to be the case. I thought that you know we'd be three or four wide getting into turn one. All right, additional questions. Greg, and then we'll go to Lee. But you woke up this morning knowing that, yeah, I'm gonna, I want to win a race because that's that's how your mindset. But there had to be part of you that was just like, you know, the sun will still come up tomorrow, and I'll still be racing. And 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 when you crossed that line and knew you won, did did like his his stuff come back to you? I mean, that must have been pretty emotional. Yeah, I mean, it. Uh, you know, it's it's crazy the amount of emotions that you go through and. Really all race long, I was just kind of a, I don't know, I think the best I was was fifth, and the worst I was was tenth or twelfth, and um, which was right in line with how I expected the weekend to go. And, and you know, I just, there's, there's another guy over there, here, over there, his name's Chris Ball, and he, and he tells me all the time that, you know, you just have to be there at the end of these races. And, and we see it time and time again where the fastest car doesn't win. And uh, today, we were not the fastest car, but we put ourselves in position. My crew chief made a great call to put tires on, and uh, and, and it worked out where we won the race. So um, we were there at the end. All right, Lee. Congratulations, Christopher. How much confidence have you gained this year, just, you know, kind of getting that first year out of your under your belt with Gibbs and then, you know, moving into this one where you and Adam could really build something? Yeah, I mean – Honestly, I think that if last year we would have had practice and qualifying, we would have been able to perform just as well. Um, just the really my first two cup seasons, not being able to qualify and showcase our speed that we have week in and week out uh, has had really hurt my, my stats and my performance as a driver. So, you know, this year is the first year that I've had practice and qualifying and been able to uh, showcase our, our speed and, and what we're capable of doing week in and week out. So, um I mean, I, I, with that being said, I think practice has helped, too, because it's helped Adam uh, learn what I need in the car to be successful. So uh, I think practice and qualifying goes hand in hand. And, and can you just talk a little bit about your final race start and, you know, getting by Kevin and, you know, what that took? Yeah, it was it was honestly fairly simple. Um, before that, before the uh, the yellow came out that mixed everything up, I was really struggling. Uh, I'd been out there for 30-something laps on tires. Everyone else had been out there 30-something laps on tires, and uh, it was super slick, and everyone was struggling. And, uh, you know, Adam called me into the pits. So I, I got stickers, and, and I knew what everyone else that didn't have stickers, I knew what they were feeling and what they were fighting. Um, so I knew I had a really big advantage. Uh, and, and then it was just going to be a matter of if I could make it through the field clean and not get wrecked and not get run off course and – um, it worked out, but yeah, I mean the the once I got into second, I felt really good about my my shot as long as I didn't screw it up myself. So um, yeah, I just I didn't want to see that last yellow and, and have to restart again because I was afraid that I was going to get um, taken out. All right, we're going to go to Kelly and then Steve. 
KellyCrownRacer.com. First off, not wanting to see the yellow, I think, is surprising. You you were that confident you could close the gap on Kevin at that point? Uh, I really was. You know, I, I just – I knew how slick 30-lap tires felt like. And, and I had just passed, you know, five or six cars, and, and they could not get off the corners, you know, off of turn eight, off of both chicanes. They're just really slipping and sliding around. And um, I knew that I had a really big tire advantage, and, and – I felt confident that I was going to get there. But, uh, yeah, I just didn't want to have to deal with a restart. Adam said situations like this where you are you have to be up on the wheel, uh, you enjoy that. And you were driving – you could you could tell you were driving the wheels off of it there at the end as you kept moving forward on those last few restarts. What were you thinking at that point? Were you having fun? Did you realize, okay, the, the, look, the task is simple. I have to win. What's going through your mind those final two restarts? Yeah, I mean, definitely the the task was simple. We knew that we had to win, but uh, just just try to put myself in good spots. And, and road course racing is so uh, difficult because you can get stalled out and, and get put in a bad spot and lose multiple positions. So I, I was trying to use what I learned throughout the beginning parts of the race where people put me in bad spots and I lost multiple positions and, and not let that happen to me. And, uh, you know, the... Yeah, I mean, having a tire advantage that big is is a uh, it's a big deal. Okay, additional questions at Stephen or Steve, sorry, and then um, Trent. Steve Conley, the podium finish. Uh, Christopher, you mentioned uh, not wanting to get wrecked or any any concerns on that final restart. Uh, did you look up in your mirror and realize AJ Allmendinger was right behind you? I, that was my biggest concern. Yes, I absolutely did. And, and, you know, A.J., he's a great road racer, but he has taken advantage of me. On, I can't even count how many times this year. And, uh, you know, he's just so aggressive in the braking zones. And, you know, at, at Indianapolis Road Course, I, I think I restarted on the front row or second row. And, uh, you know, he, he dove bombed me and put me three wide, and that ruined my chance at winning that race. Um, not saying I was going to win it if he didn't do that, but it took my chance away. And, 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 you know, it's happened several times with him behind me because he's very good at executing uh, the braking zones. And, and going into this next round, uh, Las Vegas, Homestead, obviously uh, with a mile-and-a-half program, feeling pretty strong with that. Adam said uh, he feels pretty confident there. Martinsville would be the issue for, for you guys. How important it is, is it to maybe get a win there in Las Vegas, and do you feel that potential with one of those first two races? Yeah, for sure. I absolutely think we're capable of winning really all of them and Martinsville while I don't expect us to uh, perform as strong as I would at Vegas or Homestead I still think the opportunity to win is there and, and certainly much higher uh, possibility to win at Martinsville than the Charlotte Road Course so uh, yeah I mean we'll just have to go there and execute and, and you know the, the points are really tight too so I don't know if it's going to take a win I guess it's dependent on how everyone else performs, but uh, I certainly like our chances way more in the round of eight than I did the round of 12. All right, we're going to go to Dustin. Dustin Long, NBC Sports. The, um, the field of former cup champions remaining has been whittled down even further after today. This is certainly seems like a you know, different type of group that's advanced to the final eight. You're a month away. I mean, a month from now, you could be a cup champion. What, what, what does that mean? And the idea of, you know, 
a month from now that you're we're talking to you at, at after Phoenix and you've got a bigger trophy next to you. Yeah, I mean we're still alive. <laughs> that feels really good, and, and I wouldn't have guessed that, you know, a week ago or even five hours ago. So, uh, I mean, I, I like our chances, and you know, the, all the the rest of the races play out really good for us, and we just have to execute and and dot our i's and cross our t's and and see where the cards fall. So, you know, I it feels good. It feels really good. Yeah. I, yeah, it's uh, you know, from the first ten races into the season, I I knew that our performance and capability was there. But like you said, you know, we we had a lot of things working against us. And whenever we left, I want to say Atlanta. I don't remember what race Atlanta was in the season, but uh, three or four races in, we were positioned last. In, in the point standings. And, you know, I think a lot of people had written me off as a driver and written the 20 car off as, you know, that the, Christopher's going to get fired. You know, I, I mean, I got that all the time that I'm getting replaced. You know, I'm the 20 car is the revolving door. He's going to be out of here. Uh, so maybe I'll get to stick around a little bit longer now. But, um, you know, I, and then I don't, with that being said, I, I don't think we're done. Like a, a two win season is, is not our end goal. And I think that we're certainly capable of more. And, and you know, I want to be, I want to be a you know a, a household name in the Cup Series, and and you know hopefully this is just a start. Okay, our next question will go to Trent. Hey Chris, Trent with FrontStretch.com. Uh, Kyle referred Kyle Bush referred to your crew chief as the best in the garage. You're going into a uh, this more narrow list of drivers to, to potentially get to the final four. You know, having somebody like that on the box leading this team for you. What does that mean to you? And if, you know, you have to get in on points because there could be, you know, three three different winners and a fourth one getting on on points. So this team right now where you guys are out, how confident are you in that if that came down that scenario? Yeah, I I mean, we'll know more after next week. You know, it seems like that first race really sets the tone for uh, how the points lay out and stuff like that. But, you know, as far as Adam Stevens, you're, you know, he, he's – definitely one of the best in the business and and a race car driver is only as good as you know the car underneath of them and um time and time again adam gives me the opportunity to showcase my talents and uh just grateful to have him as a crew chief and you know i, I can't stress that enough that a driver is only as good as the race car that he's given and, and adam's the guy who's given me great cars all right any final questions Okay, we're going to take one final question from Lee. I noticed some bling on your fingers. Um, is that kind of like your first, I, I don't know, the most unique trophy that you kind of, or, you know, I don't know, side trophy, whatever? So it's ironic that you asked this question because uh, I actually got a ring for uh, winning a the world championship race in New Zealand uh, in a midget car. Uh, so I got that. I'm pretty sure I got a USAC championship ring, um, and then the truck championship ring. So got a couple of them now. Hopefully I can. Uh, I guess I can wear them to the banquet. <laughs> um, Larson, I mean, you and Briscoe have raced him probably more than anybody else in the field. Are you surprised that he's on the outside looking in after winning the championship last year? Uh, I mean, after the way that this year has laid out, I no, I'm not surprised. Just because. 
you know, who would have thought Kevin Harvick and Kyle Busch would be two of the guys out in the round of 16. So, um, and then Truex not making the playoffs is, is mind-blowing too. So it's just been a really, really odd year. And, uh, you know, I, I, yeah, it's been an odd year. And, and definitely the, the eight that are remi- remaining are probably not the, the eight top cars in the garage, but uh, it's, you know, who's left standing. All right, Christopher, congrats again on the win, and uh, we wish you the best of luck in the next round of the playoffs. Well, Kyle, uh, starting the year, you said uh, Christopher Bale looking good for this championship. I don't know. Uh, he's a heck of a driver, just like that other that ring on his hand from racing in, what was it, Brazil? I mean, the, the guy will race anything that he can race. We've seen him. I've seen him at dirt tracks. And he don't care what it is. I like Christopher Bell because he's like a racer's racer, you know, like Larson, like Briscoe. Um, you know, you see him running dirt. I'm on the side and not just NASCAR. And, uh, you know, he's been very good, you know, when he's been in the in the 20 car and, you know, uh been good you know even when he was in the 95 car i mean he had some really good runs so i'm not surprised he's having success that he is right now uh you know three cup wins not too bad uh so yeah he's been doing pretty good rowdy uh christopher bell uh locking into the round of eight uh with his teammate denny hamlin uh two gibbs cars in the in the round of eight so uh, yeah i mentioned you know it's been a weird season uh, a lot of parody i think uh you know um, Briscoe getting in, so uh, yeah, it's been a weird year, Rowdy. Uh, you know, the eight drivers that are that did lock in are Ross Chastain, Chase Elliott, Denny Hamlin, Ryan Blaney, Chase Briscoe, Christopher Bell, Joey Logano, and William Byron. I mean, I would not have expected. Well, there's still there's two Hendrick cars, two Gibbs cars, two Penske cars, one Trackhouse, and one Stuart Haas. So that that's kind of where we're at right now, and uh, not sure how these next couple weeks are going to play out. Uh, you know, we got Vegas coming up and Homestead. A two mile and a half, and then you know we end it. We end the round of eight with the short track at, at uh, Martinsville. So, uh, yeah, still a lot of uh, things that have to be decided, and uh, you know, not just in the Cup Series, also in the Truck and Xfinity Series, and uh, yeah, it's just been been a lot going on here lately, at least in the Cup Series. Well, Kyle, we're we're getting down to the end, my friend. Uh, it'll be banquet time and snowball derby. Uh, looking forward to both of those. We find out who the champion is. We we know the ARCA champion. Uh, congratulations to Nick Sanchez. A really diverse season for them, though, Kyle. It's had a good year. You know, Rev Racing, Nick Sanchez, been very good everywhere. Uh, you know, it doesn't matter on the road courses, on the, on the super speedways, uh, the short tracks. I mean, they've been getting better, and, you know, I know Rajab Karuth was up there for a while, and I know he had some issues in the last few weeks, so or last few races. So, uh, just glad uh, Ark is back at Toledo for the finale. I like to see that. I think that's good for them. And uh, yep. yeah, Nick Sanchez gets the driver's title. Kyle Busch Motorsports and the 18 team gets the owner's title. And uh, yeah, uh, Nick Sanchez, a champ. Uh, tough break for Daniel Dye in the race. Uh, had, I think he had like a like a bolt or something break on the car. Uh, put him behind the wall. So, uh, 
that's unfortunate for that team. I know they were they actually they were one point going into the the, the race because uh, qualified second and he got a bonus point. So uh, was one point lead going in, and uh, Nick Sanchez uh, emerges as the champion, Rowdy, and uh, hopefully we'll have him on here soon. So it's on to Martinsville, and then I march on to Homestead, Kyle. Uh, Homestead, I'm looking for, so forward to seeing the cup cars at Homestead. I said it last year after the Xfinity race. Yeah, I think they'll put on a good show. I, I wouldn't be surprised at all if it's a good race. Uh, 400 miles at Homestead Miami Speedway. And another thing, Rowdy, uh, with the doubleheader with the, 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 the NASCAR Campbell Truck Series and the NASCAR Xfinity Series, this is actually the first time uh, the uh, Xfinity race is going to be back at 300 miles at Homestead Miami Speedway. I just realized that. Uh, that's actually going to happen 200 miles from the NASCAR Camper World Truck Series when they settle. And actually, Rowdy, after the truck race, we'll know who the, the four drivers who will be going for the truck title will be at Phoenix. So, uh, you know, we already know Ty Majeski's locked in with the Bristol win. Uh, Matt Benedetto, a non-playoff driver, won at Talladega. And then, you know, we still got Homestead coming up. So eight drivers for four spots. Excuse me, seven drivers for four spots. And uh, we'll have to see who comes out on top after the race. Well, Kyle, uh, the next-gen car, including the injuries, the car hadn't let me down. Thinking that you could back into a wall and be put out for the rest of the season for uh, eight, 12 races, that just don't sound fair. So hopefully they're going to get that worked out. I don't think that's nothing but just a little bit of car, but... Yeah, it, it's made parody. We've got 19 different winners. Can we have? Can we have a couple more for the season's over? I think so. I think it's possible. Um, I, I know everyone keeps saying, you know, somebody like a non-playoff driver can win Phoenix. I know we say that every year, but usually it's the champion who wins the race and the title, at least in the Cup Series. So uh, we'll have to see how Absolutely. Phoenix goes. Um, you know, we got Vegas. Vegas coming up this week. Uh, Homestead of Martinsville, the three races for the Cup Series in the round of eight. And, uh, yeah, I, I was shocked Larson didn't make it either. Um, but, uh, you know, they haven't had the greatest season. The five team hasn't. Um, they're not, not having as much success as they had last year when they won ten times. So, But, uh, yeah, um, you know, they're going to be a new champ this year, maybe a recurring champ. But uh, the defending champ is out. And, uh, you know, we're going to Vegas now. <laughs> going to Vegas. I like that, Kyle. Vegas and then uh, Martinsville. Is that correct? It's uh, Vegas, Homestead, and Martinsville. Okay. okay. I had the Martinsville's one I had put out of place. All right. Kyle, what you got to close us out? Well, Rowdy, some news and notes I got from the weekend. Um, other than racing the NASCAR uh, series, uh, Gio Selzy, uh, wound up when uh, we had Chris Tranzo on uh, on uh, the show Thursday night. He did he did end up going to Lincoln. I know he, we had him on, but uh, Gio Selzy wound up winning the inaugural Brian Monteith Classic at Lincoln Speedway Thursday night. Buddy Kofoid came home second, and Rowdy Buddy wound up flying to Indiana to uh, run some USAC races over the weekend, so he was very busy. Uh, also, I know I mentioned it earlier, Matt Shepard won in the 200-lap race at Oswego during Super Dirt Week, uh, the 50th for them. 
Uh, Eric Goodale winning the NASCAR Wheel Modified Tour race at Thompson. There is one race left for Audi in the NASCAR Wheel Modified Tour Series. It's on Martinsville uh, for the Cup weekend. Uh, they'll be running Friday night. So uh, going to be interested to see how that plays out. Um, and uh, Tyler Courtney uh, scoring the, uh, the second straight All-Star Circuit of Champions title as well. So a lot of racing going on. Um, unfortunately, didn't make, wasn't able to make any of it. Um, really wanted to go to the Nittany Showdown for at least one night. That's what I did last year. So um, Posse looked really good at, at Port Royal. Uh, Anthony Macri getting his, you know, winning his first two career World of Outlaw races, and uh, you know he's done really well. You know he's had a good year. You know him and Brent Marks both really good years in the sprint car, and uh, it's just been a, it's been good. It's good to see the Posse finally reign over the Outlaws again, and you know it's a rivalry. You know we'll see here in the next few weeks, especially when we have the National Open on Saturday, October 22nd. So. Um, yeah, Rowdy Posse's won the last three World of Outlaws races in PA, so uh, they're looking pretty good. Well, you know, it's been a wet season too, hasn't it, Kyle? I mean, you've had several of your races rained out. Yeah, Mother Nature hasn't been that kind to me uh, at times. You know, Sealands Grove for the the USAC Eastern Storm Show got rained out. Uh, Got rained out a big diamond for the Super Dirt Car Series. Race. I mean, you know, some crucial races I really wanted to go to. You know, I know we were talking about earlier Thursday at Port Royal is not looking very good right now, but you know, hopefully the weather will change. But we'll see what happens. But uh, yeah, um, been a, been an interesting year. You know, uh, trying to get back to the track. Uh, you know, I, like I said, my last race was at Bloomsburg for the fair. Um, glad to have Chris on Thursday night. Uh, finished sixth at Lincoln in the Legends feature. Saturday night, so hopefully we'll have him back on. We're going to work on that. And then uh, thanks again to Brad Perez coming on today. Uh, you know, we, we were kind of kind of had it a few weeks ago when it was announced he was going to be running for Emerling Gates Motorsports again at the Roval. I uh, just want to say thank you to him coming on again. And uh, I guess Thursday night, Rowdy. Um, you know, that's that's what's up next. Uh, I got to work. We have Paul Small Small coming on from uh, the Northeast. Uh, he lives in New York. But uh, he'll be on. He's a big Northeast announcer. He's been around. He's been at Super Dirt Week. He's, you know, anything you can imagine. He's, I'm pretty sure he's an encyclopedia like Dino and Earl are. So uh, looking forward to that. And uh, we'll have to see, uh, you know, we'll, we'll have him on Thursday night. And hopefully I'll be at Port Royal Rowdy, you know. Uh, we'll just have to see the weather forecast in the next few days, but it's not looking good. Yeah, well, it can always change. We got Talladega through without a hitch into it, so we can always hope for better. But when you think Homestead, Miami, it's everything. The vibrancy of South Beach and the calm of the Keys. You get a weekend of a million thrills. It's everything we all think of when we think Miami, but so much more. NASCAR Playoffs Weekend at Homestead Miami Speedway, October 22nd through the 23rd. Get your tickets now at homesteadmiamispeedway.com. 